Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. Really, you do have a lot of useless knowledge up there in the head of yours. All right, Shane. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us on DaxMyHand.com. We have a, a really good interview for you. Let me let me just read uh, some qualifications and and I hope it doesn't take up the whole podcast going through uh, the man we're fixing to talk to's record. But we're uh, we're fixing to talk to Coach Bill Chumbler, the greatest Lowe's Blue Devil of all time, and and will continue to be because you obviously Shane that's not a high school anymore. So, uh, so the greatest of all time, you know, an all state, multiple all state player at Lowe's, I think two time, you know, this man's in multiple hall of fames. He's in the Illinois coaches basketball hall of fame. How, that's a winner. Is it not? I mean, a guy with those kind of credentials and you go through his, his record in high school. Uh, he played at Lowe's, uh, set the LIT all time scoring record, 42 points at, 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 uh, at the LIT, um, went on to a career at Mississippi state. Uh, and then transferred to Murray State. Coaching career, he uh, went to Century High School. We had a 42-29 and 29 record there, which is impressive considering the school had never had a winning season prior to that. Then he moved on to Cairo in 1972, uh, led them to a record of 492 wins, 196 losses, and at his retirement was elected to the Illinois Coaches Hall of Fame in 93. You know, that's a heck of a career when you think about it, Shane. And most people would go ahead and retire. But what did he do? He moves on to Paducah Tillman. Pretty pretty good gig, right? Comes over to uh, Tillman, goes uh, 288 and 93 at Tillman with two Final Fours and a state runner-up in uh, 2002. Uh, you know, what a, what a career, what a man. Coach Chumbler, great to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But I, I, feel, I feel really blessed on the Illinois Hall of Fame. And okay. I'd like to say the reason I came, I left and went to Paducah, though, it in uh, 93, like I said, I just got inducted into the Hall of Fame in Illinois, and two weeks later, uh, they come to me at Cairo and say, we're going to have to do away with all sports because of lack of funds. But you know, we're first going to keep basketball because we were yeah. the only moneymaker. And uh, uh, so anyway, and of course, it comes out in the paper, and then Paducah had just released uh, Steve Dreer as a coach, and they were looking for a coach, and they saw that, and they called me, and... Uh, I interviewed interviewed with the principal and uh, talked to him, and he said, "Well, if you'll tell me to take the, you'll take the job, I won't even open it up." And of course, that, that was really illegal back then because it's side base. You're supposed to open yeah. it up, but yeah. but he did that anyway. He, I said, uh, "Well, let me think about it." And uh, he said, "Now, if Carol brings basketball back, I don't want you to." resign here and then take i said no let me think about it so i thought about it and i thought well you know they always say i have these good teams at carroll all this talent i think and paducah was kind of down and out that time they'd won eight games one year before the year before i got there and maybe nine the year before that so they were they were kind of down so I, i i took that job and uh and when I did, of course i met with it we had played them the year before at carroll and and i bet there weren't 50 people in the gym and uh, of course i had tyrone nesby i had a good team later in the nba and and uh so and unlv and vincennes first and then unlv and then he then was in the pros for about eight years and then uh but anyway we played them and like i said tillman wasn't very good back then we 
we had them 24 to nothing the first quarter, zero. And uh, when I met with the team, Brandon Warfield, who was a real good guard for me, and Brandon said, well, Coach, nobody watches play. And I said – Brandon, I said I wouldn't watch you either. I said you forget I saw you play last year. I said I said you're dribbling the you're dribbling the ball down the floor with one hand. You're pulling your pants up with the other. And I said I said and look at you. You know, of course they all had long braided hair and facial hair. And they they said we got to cut our hair. And I said yeah, you got to cut your hair and you got to shave. And I said. I said the ear. I said you can wear an earring if you carry a purse, you know. And they all they all laughed, you know. And and I said I'll tell you one that one thing. We may not play good. We're gonna look good getting off the bus. And uh, but uh, it all goes hand in hand. It's just a form of discipline, you know. It lets kids know who's yeah. who's in charge, you know. Yeah, we know every good organization has to have a man at the top that that the organization can look up to. And, and they know who's in charge, right? You can't have no. a ship without a captain. No, that's right. And then uh, George Wilson was the same. You know, George Wilson is one of the greatest athletes, I guess, you know, to come out of town when as far as went on and played pro ball. But George was the uh, the same way. George, uh, had, had he, he had a, I forgot, like a little tail. You know, he didn't have braided hair, but he had a, a, a braided like a, a brat tail. It was, yeah, it was about eight inches long. And, you know, I said, now, George, I said, uh, called me and I said, now, George, you can't have that tail if you're going to play. And he said, well, Coach, they didn't care in football. And I said, well, in football, I said, you can hide behind that helmet. And he said, oh, no, no, it stuck, stuck out behind the helmet. And I said, well, it may have. But I said, you know, basketball is so personalized. I said, they see everything on the floor. They see you when you come out of the game, your facial expressions. They see everything you do. And I said, and plus, it's just a form of discipline, George. I said, it's kind of letting you know right off the bat. Who's in charge? And I said, I'll tell you what, dude. You go home and think about it. And if that tail means more to you than basketball, I said, hell, you didn't need to play anyway. Yeah. Well, he goes home and cuts it. And his mama calls me and said he cried like a baby. <laughs> he had had it since kindergarten, okay? Oh. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, of course, George then uh, turned out to be a, a, a quite a player for me. And uh, we were final four at the state tournament that year. But anyway, uh, uh, George uh, – uh, just, just uh, the, probably the the best leader I've had. I had a, a kid got in trouble one time. Tillman had a rule that if you came in and your clothes, if you smell like marijuana, you didn't even have, they didn't have to see you, so nothing. But, it, you know, and, you know, uh, it, it was on his clothes, and he was at, he lived out the project, and he had been around it probably, you know. And, and uh, so anyway, a teacher smelled it, and so he had to go get drug tested, and we had a game that night. And if you and if you got if you tested positive, you were kicked out of school. You had to go straight to the alternative school, and of course, no athletics. And this was a very good guard for me too. And and so anyway, we he didn't play that night, and so I go down to the locker room, and George has his jersey hanging up in the uh, dressing room, and he says, uh, "Coach, before you get started, he said, how about let's say a prayer for Chelsea?'" I said, "Well, it'd be great, George." I told, and uh, the next day he tested negative. I told George, I said, if a guy doesn't believe in prayer, he'll believe in it now. <laughs> I said, I said for him to test, George laughed. And he said, you know, you're right, coach, you know. Yeah. But, what, a, what a lesson. <laughs> what a lesson for your team and, and for a player to step up and be that kind of leader. Oh, he, it was, he was just, uh, I met George, did everything. And he came into practice uh, one day and his senior year, and he was he was feeling all bad. You know, he was down in the dumps. It was you know, nobody didn't practice on Sunday, but we had a tournament on Monday. And I said, George, I said, what's the matter? And he said, Well, coach, he said, uh, 
Louisville had one scholarship to give football, and they were going to give it to me if this player didn't sign who visited there that weekend. But uh, this player signed, and they don't have any left. And I said, well, George, what about Kentucky? He said, well, the coach, they said I'm too slow. I said, well, you're not slow. He said, well, that's what they said. And I said, well, I said, I know Houston Nutt. I said, at Arkansas, weren't they interested early? And he said, yes, sir, but I haven't heard anything. I said, well, you don't mind if I call? And he said, no. So I called Coach Nutt. Of course, he was in Murray, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and he remembered me, and I, I was telling him about George, you know, and he said, Coach, you know, it was his first year at Arkansas, and they won the SEC. And he said, he said, Coach, my brother, Danny, was in charge of recruiting in western that, that area in Kentucky, and, and he said we, uh, he got a brain tumor. And he said, we just kind of lost contact with those kids. And he said, we had such a good year that uh, we had 22 scholarships, and they're all gone, you know. And he said, it's my understanding he's a good student. I said, yes, sir. I said, he's like a 3.7. And he said, uh, well, maybe maybe we can work something on the academic end. So uh, so then I, I went to practice next day, and I told George the conversation. I said, no, I'm not going to promise you anything, but he said they're going to try to work something out. Well, they came there that weekend put him on academic scholarship, redshirted him. Of course, you can't use a, a, a scholarship and like a track scholarship, give a guy a track scholarship and then just use him in foot, for football. You know, you've got, I guess, the NCAA rules are like that, so they had to redshirt him. But then he turns out and being Arkansas's second all-time leading receiver, you yeah. know. But uh, when I told George, you know, that I asked George, I said, well, what about uh, – uh, when he told me that that Kentucky well, you know, wasn't interested and Louisville didn't have anything, and I said, "What about Murray and Western and Eastern?" He said, "Coach," he said, "He said they all offered me, but he said I'm good enough to play in the SEC." Yeah. Well, he he he. I said, "George," I said, "I don't know anything about football, nothing," but I said, "I just know what you do for me." Yeah. But uh, didn't he have a brother named Keo? Keo is older. He played at Kentucky. Sure yeah, did. Keo went to Kentucky and played yeah. at Kentucky, and then he had a sister that went on ran track at uh, Western. Was re- very good, and his mother Wanda was uh, unbelievable. I mean, she never missed a game in Arkansas. She's a nurse there in Paducah, and. And uh, you could tell he had very good training, to say the and, least. And, you know, talk, that's one thing we talk about a lot. But talk about the role of parents with athletes and, and what they can, what good they can do, you know, for the, for the development of a ball player. I, I, want, I want to switch a little bit. I'm going to go back to uh, when I went to care. When I left Century, you know, I love Century. I'll tell you right now, those yeah. kids. But uh, I thought I saw the talent at Caro. And, and uh, so – I was at Carroll 21 years, and I went. Very few fathers were present, but the mothers were there, and they were just very appreciative of me. And a lot of times I'd go in their house or whatever, and and, and most of them there'd be a Bible there or whatever. And and and, uh, and you show me a religious athlete, and I'll show you a better one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, every time. But when I went to Carroll, though. Uh, uh, that's when they were marching in the streets. Jesse Jackson was there, and and uh, I, I told my assistant, I said, "Well, give me a list of the uh, my top ten players." And he said, "Well, nine of them you find at Pyramid Courts. That was the projects there, Carol. You know." And he said, "No white people go there." And uh, I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "You got one white boy." And, and so I went to see him, Don Franklin, six six, and he said he didn't even know where he was going to play. And I said, "Well, if you play, I said, here's my phone number. I'll be around." all summer to work with you or whatever and so anyway he did turn out to play and turned out to be a good player but 
And then I left uh, my sister, and he said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to Pyramid Course. Yeah. So uh, I went down there, and I pulled on the goal. And, of course, they were playing everywhere, and they were shooting dice on one side and, and coolers of beer over here. And they, oh, they were older kids, too, yeah, and younger yeah. kids. And I was trying to figure out who my players were, you know. And I could see them kind of looking at me in the corner of their eye, you know. And so, anyway, I, I sit there in my truck, and then all of a sudden, three three big guys and big black guys came over around there was a chain link fence and they came around the fence toward my truck you know and i thought well they're just gonna have to run me off you know and uh they came over and they looked in they said go somewhere and i said yeah and they said welcome to carol really? and so i'd go out there and i have my tennis shoes over and they said you want to play play ball with us and i said no i'll be glad to so yeah. i'd go up there every afternoon and play ball and yeah. that's kind of you, <laughs> you were still a pretty young man at right point, exactly yeah. exactly and uh I played all the time, and so that that probably helped me at Carroll more than anything, you know. And when the TV show came out, remember the White Shadow? Yes. Well, those guys, they said, Coach, that's about you. And I said, said, they don't know where Carroll is, you know. And they said, oh, no, that's about you. But... I was kind of kind of like that. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great story, and and you know just the fact you know the, the person tells you, hey, nobody will go in there, no wife to go in there, and yet you went in there and look at the dividends it paid for you going forward. Oh yeah, we had uh, I had fifty six kids try. We had a school of three hundred and fifty, and I had uh, 56, 56 boys try for the team. And uh, and all of them could play a little bit. I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, coach, let's let's go back to your playing days. Let's let's go all back right. to. Um, I guess the, one of the questions I would ask you is, you know, your dad was a coach. You mentioned that earlier. So was was that what kind of got you into sports, or what what brought you into sports? My, definitely, my dad was a big influence. He was a coach and a principal, and and he he loved basketball and he loved all sports. And he's from Marshall County, by the way. If oh, if you. Know Oh yeah, and and right behind Marshall County School, maybe a mile, there's a road back there that's called Chumler Road. And, I've seen yeah, that road, right? And that's where my dad uh, grew up. And he uh, uh, he was a principal and a coach here one time, and uh, at, at the company Calper City, I believe. What probably hit me more than anything, though, uh, I would, when I was in eighth grade, I was a good good player, but not I had a lot of a lot of eighth graders way better than me, and. Uh, I went to Mayfield because we only lived a block from the high school. But my, my dad was principal there, and, of course, my sister went to Mayfield High School. And I had a coach back then. The, the middle school was grades 7, 8, and 9. And I played football in the 7th grade, but I didn't play in 8th grade. And then hit this this coach was also my basketball coach, so he kind of penalized me, and, and, and I didn't get to start on the 8th grade team. And I knew I should be a starter, you know. And Jack Story was the – Head coach at Mayfield, Coach Cuba, his championship. But and and Coach Story found out it wasn't wasn't going to come back my freshman year. And of course he came to see me and he said, "Well, just wait around till you have me as a sophomore." And I, of course, I didn't want to do that, so that's why I transferred to Lowe's. But at that time, Lowe's had when I was a freshman, we had two freshmen starting ahead of me and named Davy Wynn and Jerry Page. And Jerry Page is a kid that got a letter from Adolph Rupp in eighth grade. He was <clears throat> outstanding to say the least. But then it goes kind of goes back to my sister why I was a better player because she was really good looking. She didn't look anything like me, believe me. She was uh, Miss Mayfield High School, Miss Murray State, Mount Laurel Queen, Miss Kentucky. So anyway, and and uh, 
And in Kentucky, you know, they, they it doesn't matter too much what a guy looks like. If he's a pretty good basketball player, you know, you can uh, you can do okay. So I, I, that probably helped me. I probably overachieved because of her, you know, to tell you the truth. And then I would play all the time, though, in the summers. And, and uh, I took courses at Murray State in the summer, and then i get in the gym, and some of those guys would work with me and, and help me. And uh, I think just playing all the time probably helped me get better, yeah. So, so you had a you had a great career at Lowe's, and I know there's probably a bazillion stories, but um, you guys you, you didn't win the region while you were there. What? I know you were all state twice, right? Um, and you didn't win the region. But you were telling me a story about an incident, maybe in one of the regional games, where you uh, guy ran into you. Or no, well, we uh, Fulton City was really good back then, and Telmo was good, but Fulton City had Terry Beatles and went on and played football at UK. They had uh, John Covington, who went on to play the quarterback at Tennessee, and they and they had Burnett. You remember his son who played it uh, uh, for Graves, but anyway, he went on to play at the University of Houston. He was in, but very good athletes, but a good basketball team too. So we were, like I said, we were thirty three and one. That was my junior year, thirty three and one. The year before, we were twenty seven and six, and and we had a sophomore starting and. Lost to North Marshall in the regional with with uh, Benny Goheen and C and that group there, and that's when I won that Payton contest too that day. Yeah, well, that, we'll, we'll talk about, we're, we're, we're talking about talk about the Payton contest. I've heard this story. Well, it's a great one. well, we uh, Lowe's has a, a Mule Day where Benton has Tater Day. You know, well they had Mule Day the day of the regional finals, and uh, uh I'm at, we're at Mule Day, and I was with a friend, Troy Puckett, and they had a pain. They called me up there, come on up here, Bill, you get into this. Stuff. So it was just a moraine pie, and who could eat the pie the quickest? It was just all moraine. And, of course, you know, I, I had it put it in my face, and, man, I'm eating that thing, and I win it. And, of course, the next day they've got a picture of me at Mule Day with a, this pie in my face all over and. And then Caption Under says, and he goes on, and they lose to North Marshall in the regional championship that night, you know. And, of course, my dad, then, he has to add fuel to fire. He puts on I, – I, I only scored, I think, 11 or 12 points. Was I was a sophomore. And he said – he said, uh, well, the reason we lost that game is because he entered that fighting contest and I had a subpar game. He said, I, but it didn't have anything to do with Marshall. Can Marshall, or North Marshall's defense, it didn't, yeah. but, uh, but no, the pie didn't affect me. I, I like to say that. And that's uh, kind of become a legendary story. I've heard it from several. Well, times. the next year they come out and I started out. I only averaged, I averaged 13, I think, as a sophomore, but I averaged 26 as a junior. And then, uh, they did a story on me early in the year when I was scoring a lot of points, and you know they were talking. They called me. They said Pye and Billy Chumbler. You know that's how they started. You know, and I thought I was. But but anyway, it stuck with me for a long time. And uh, but no, my junior year we we were thirty three and one. With our only loss was to Louisville Central and LIT. Back then. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of players in far western Kentucky don't get recognized because of the fact they don't get the chance to play in Louisville. And back then they would invite the LIT, the eight best teams in Louisville, would play. And then they would invite, and wait till January to do this. And then they would buy, invite four teams that were out of the area of Louisville. And you almost had to have a perfect record. And we did. We went up there. We had uh, just won the Paducah Christmas Tournament. And we went up there. Which, let me say this: the Paducah Christmas tournament really used to be the. the, the oh, it was. It was the only tournament around here, and uh, we won it actually my junior and senior year. And we go up there, and uh, we're twenty-two and all, and we play Louisville to sales the first game. 
and uh, Global Sales had a real good team too, and we were down, and, but we put a press on, and they looked like they had never. I know it's unusual for white boys to press, but but we put it in, and they never said, and they started coughing it up, and uh, and I had a good. We beat them, and I had I scored I think thirty seven in that game. I had a good game, and and then the next time we played Global Central, and Global Central was the black school in Louisville. There weren't, you know, there were a few blacks at other schools, but not many. And they were very, very good. And we're tied at halftime. And, uh, but it was one of those games where I was, it's like anything I shot, you know, uh, it would kind of go in. And of course, Harry Lancaster was there from Kentucky. And, and, uh, Coach Rupp's assistant. And he, uh, he put in the paper right then, you know, he said, I'll sign him right now, you know. So that, that kind of propelled me. It's, to make all state that year and the next year and but we go into the regional we're 33 and one we didn't lose another game after that for a while and played fulton city and uh, got up and got and got upset the first game and then the next year my senior year was 27 and six still favored to win and uh, and we play uh, uh fulton city again and i and in the first play of the game i broke my hand at murray state they would do the national anthem and then they would down in that tunnel, they would take the flagpole and put it in that tunnel. Well, I, I stole the ball midcourt, and I could play defense a little bit sometime, but <laughs> most time I was noted for shooting, not defense. But I stole the ball, and I'm going in for a layup. I could see this guy bearing down on me. It was John Covington, and he was coming on me. And, and I could have easily made the shot and just got out of the way, but I thought, well, I'm going to wait on him and just get an old-fashioned three, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I got up in there and, and – I shoot, and actually I make it, and he hammers me, knocks me, and he knocked me in that flagpole, and I'm turning around to see if it's going in, and my left hand hit the the pole. They didn't put it far enough back in there, and it, and it broke my hand, and, of course, I tried to hide. It swelled up like he – I mean, they were like this. I don't even have a knuckle there now. Yeah. But it's, it would swell up like that, and I tried to put tape to hide it from the coach, but I played, but I couldn't play very good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know it's funny because um, when you're talking about your the defense, you occasionally like I knew we had a kinship there because you know defense. <laughs> I, I, I love to shoot. Not many, not many shooters like that defense. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you hear people say they're they're um, you know that. Uh, Oh, my favorite saying is there is no I in defense. Well, you know, um, I, I want to say this as a personal note. My Growing up, uh, my dad graduated from Reedland in 64. They had, he didn't play ball, but, right. uh, but he had always told me my entire life the best Reedland team he ever saw was the 62 Reedland Oh, yeah, with that Larry, lost to Fulton City. That was Larry Carty and, mm-hmm. and that group right there. They were really good. And, yeah. and, uh, Actually, we beat them that year uh, at, at Reedland. I remember they had uh, Carty and Brewer and uh, very, very good players. Yeah, but uh, Lambert. Lambert was a younger player on that team, and he might have been a uh, – he was a year behind me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, my whole life, even before I knew who you were, I'd heard Billy Chumber stories from my dad <laughs> where he would watch you. And, you know, so <laughs> right. you – so, so your high school career at Lowe's, uh, you're highly recruited. I'm sure recruited by tons and tons of schools. And in our pre-interview, you told me an interesting story about your visit to Kentucky. Would you share that with us? I had kind of narrowed my schools down to uh, Mississippi State. And at that time, Mississippi State, they were the team. They'd won SEC three years in a row. They'd won in 61, actually 59, 61, 62, and 63. And uh, 
they only played in the NCAA tournament one year because they would not play against blacks. But the last year, they kind of snuck off campus, and Joe Dan Gold from Marshall County was he was the captain actually, and and uh, they snuck off campus and they played Loyola of Chicago first game of all people, and that's when Loyola won it. Yeah. But I think Loyola only beat them ten. So I narrowed it down, to, and I'd visited Mississippi State actually when they played Kentucky that year with Cotton Nash and Larry Percival and. They'd put a skunk under Ruff's bench, and the gym was wild, you know, and they were just going crazy. And I thought, boy, this is where I want to play, you know. This is it, you know. And and uh, But uh, I'd visited there, and then, of course, I, I was at Murray every summer, and I liked Coach Luther, and I, I saw it did like that. But in Kentucky was the other one. But back then, it was unlimited visits. I visited there with uh, Pat Riley and Louis Dampier and uh, Wayne Chapman. And those three signed. All three of those signed. And then, uh, now Wayne later then transferred to Western, but, uh, he was, uh, Wayne was a good player. And then, uh, right. right. And Wayne went on and later and coached at Kentucky Wesleyan and won a national championship there. But Wayne, Wayne was, uh, played and then later played with the Kentucky Colonels. Him and Dampier were the guards together there. Anyway, when I visited there, you know, they, it was, you know, kind of mind, but they took you around. They showed you all the history and the gyms, old gyms. And then, but there had never uh, been anybody from Western Kentucky to play there much other than Adrian. You know, Pat Dahl, who was from Marshall County here, went up there, Mr. Basketball, and he sat on the bench. And then there was a guy named Sam Harper from Hickman County, and he started for a couple of games. And he said he didn't get to play, you know. And and uh, but I talked to Sam, and he said he said he was still there, a senior. And he said, Bill, he said I just choked. He said he said once you he gives you a chance, but if you don't produce you may not get another chance and he never did and uh, uh he said they turned those lights out at memorial coliseum not rupp arena but memorial coliseum which was state left but coming from hickman county to yeah. to memorial coliseum you know he said he said i shoot air balls and he said i just he said i just choked you know and, and there is a, a different dynamic from shooting in a small gym oh to yeah big oh gyms. yeah and then and pat Doyle, uh, you know uh, he, they said we had to, we tried to, he was a center, of course, he could jump like crazy at North Marshall, but he said we had to try to convert him to a guard because, you know, there wasn't any 6'2 centers in, and he said we just never could make that conversion, you know, and so anyway, Rupp and I are sitting there and, uh, uh across from the table, you know, and he's telling, he's telling me since, you know, we've been watching you for two years, basically since I broke the record in LIT, and, and uh, he said, you're from Kentucky, and he said, we're going to let you be the first one to sign. And, and I told him, I said, well, I'm not ready to sign yet. And because, you know, there were other schools back I wanted to visit. And being from Lowe's, Kentucky, and redheaded and freckle-faced, and they would line you up with a date there, too, a, r- a real pretty girl. It wasn't anything like Louisville's got going on now. Believe me. <laughs> believe me. There's nothing like that. But, so you weren't throwing dollar bills around. I might have got, got a kiss on the way home. Maybe, maybe if I was lucky, you know, a good night kiss. But but it was something special, you know, to visit those schools. And and uh, I said, well, I had a couple more. I was supposed to visit Memphis State and Wake Forest, you know. And he said, are you interested in those places? I said, well, not really. And he said, well, why waste your time and money? And I thought, you don't realize it's, it's nice for me to do, you know. But And anyway, and he said, what schools are you interested in? And I said, well, I like Murray, and I like Mississippi State, and I like here. And he said, uh, you don't want to go to Murray. He said, you won't get the recognition you deserve. And he said, you don't want to go to Mississippi State because they don't play your kind of ball. They were 
Uh, they more like the Auburn Shuffle. It, that style of ball. Yeah, slow, okay. down. slow down. Slow down ball. And, and Coach Rupp said it won't, it, it won't exploit, it won't show your talents that you have, you know, in that kind of game, you know. And, uh, and then we talked about, uh, you know, that uh, no one, I, I talked about that no one from the first region had got to play much, you know. And then he explained to me about Pat Dahl, you know, why he didn't get to play and all that. And he said, and furthermore, he said, we don't recruit bench players, he said. And, uh, and so the next day, uh, Bernie Shively called me in. <clears throat> he was the uh, athletic director. And uh, Bernie Shively said, uh, we hear you're scared of a little competition. I said, no, sir, I'm not scared of anybody. And he said, uh, he said your sister took on the whole state. Well, that's when my sister got Miss Kentucky, you know. Like I said, it didn't look like – and I thought, yeah, but she didn't have to sit on the bench for four years either if she, if, if she got beat. Yeah. So, so anyway uh, – Kind of soured you on Kentucky. a little bit, a little bit, and uh, and uh, but Rupp was, uh, you know, he said this team, and he almost did though. He said this team I recruit, and Larry Connolly and Tommy Cron took me out, took Chapman and out that night. I remember four tops were playing, and yeah. we went to a concert with him. And but anyway, uh, he said this team I recruit, I'm going to win the national championship and retire, and I almost did. Yeah, you know, right. Texas Western, but you know, you know, beat beat them then, but. Uh, I, I, I will. So I, when I got home thinking about it, I thought, well, I want to go to Mississippi State. Because you know? mm-hmm. when I went down there, the guy said, you, you know, Babe McCarthy was a legendary coach and a very good coach. He said, you just take your time, Bill. You think about it, you know. Now, you got to remember, the coach is very important, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, I knew I'd have a chance to play right away. At least I thought I would because they were graduating all those good teams. And uh, Talk for a second. Uh, and it, this is interesting to me as, you know, my wife is a Mississippi State graduate. Right. And uh, talk about Babe McCarthy. What kind of guy? You know, I, you hear a little bit about him, but what kind of guy was he? What was his style? What, what do you remember about him? They called him uh, Magnolia Mouth because he had a real draw, you know. And he he never coached much. He was a referee. And uh, he and coached maybe grade school ball and before he went to Mississippi State. But he, he – as far as a fundamental, a great, he was a guy you liked so much, you would just, you'd do anything to try to win, you know. And uh, where some coaches you dislike so much, you want to show them, you know, you know, really. And uh, Coach Luther was kind of like that. But uh, as far as knowing fundamentals and teaching fundamentals, and and he thought when you came to college, you ought to be able, to, you ought to have all those fundamentals intact, you know. And uh, where most coaches still you know work on those you know and i like coach luther but anyway uh i went there and and, and of course uh, the only thing i hated we, we had one little play we'd run all he'd run for me all the time and i'd come off a double screen you know and i'd get the ball and i'd be up in there just getting ready to release my jump shot and he'd go bingo i can't I'd, I'd miss it every time i said i said coach i said no he said well i know you're gonna make it i said wait till i make it and then holler bingo you know but but he was a uh he was a great 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 guy and uh uh but uh, like i said i back then freshman we our freshman team joe dan gold was my coach you know and and joe dan was a very good uh very good coach to say the least now I, I think we all we came up here that year they because I'd signed a schedule to put PCC, and PCC, that's when they were really good. We played one game at Mayfield, one at Paducah, and we split with them, I think. Paul Darnell was playing, actually, for PCC then. And uh, I don't remember all the other players, but they were very good. And uh, and then in my sophomore year, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was the only sophomore that was starting, you know. And 
And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you led the team in scoring your freshman year on the freshman team. Yeah, I averaged about 22 points mm-hmm. a game. And then my sophomore year, I actually led the varsity in scoring also with about 14. But we, uh, but we played a very deliberate type offense, you know, slow down offense. And so 14 was a, yeah. probably pretty good, you know. But, but, uh, Anyway, and over the summer, though, I, I, they fired Babe McCarthy. I, he didn't have nothing to do with coaching. He was having an affair with the athletic director's wife. And, of course, that will get you fired. Yeah, you know, get, with your boss's wife. That's right. That, that might do it. That might do it. So, anyway, he lost his job. And, didn't, didn't he go uh, – he later coached the ABA. Right? New Orleans Buccaneers. Yeah. New Orleans right. Buccaneers. And uh, so, anyway, he um, – uh, uh, left and Joe Dan was going to be the coach, and then uh, over the summer I, I, I got married, and uh, and she and the lady got married. She was uh, she was at uh, Murray State, had a scholarship in music, and I thought, well, you know, I kind of hard, long distance there. So anyway, that's what I did, yeah, and back came back to Murray, and uh, I was a, a red shirt. You have you know when you sign, you have five years to play for, and you can't play then. You have to set out a year before you can play, but didn't lose any eligibility, but uh, and I played Murray, and, and we had very good teams. And, and like I said, we were runner up to Western my junior year. We had Dick, we had Dick Cunningham, and uh, was our center. He was a leading rebounder in the nation. And uh, uh, but Western, Western had Clem Haskins, who was the number one draft pick of Chicago. They had Dwight Smith, who was Princeton, Princeton Dotson, and. Uh, he was the number one draft pick for the Lakers. And then Greg Smith, who wasn't a pick at all, but wound up starting with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, on an on um, NBA team. Right. Milwaukee, but, you know, so they were loaded. Uh, they beat a runner-up. And then my, my senior year, we tied with East Tennessee for, and had to have a playoff and got lost in the playoffs. And then they beat Florida State. And then they lost to uh, – they beat Florida State, actually, with Dave Cowens and that crew. And then – but the OVC was – I know people think I'm crazy, but OBC was better than the SEC. I played in both, and reason being, there were no blacks in the in the SEC, and in the OBC, some of the teams were all black, like Middle Tennessee, East Tennessee, Western, and and uh, all the Western started uh, Wayne Chapman, but uh, uh, it was just. You know, when I was in Mississippi State, I felt like I could go out any night really and get twenty, but. At, at Murray, you had to, I, I averaged about sixteen points a game, but you had had, had to work for those sixteen to, okay. to say the least, because there would be a little guard in my pants the whole game, you know. Well, and and really, if you look back, I mean, it, it's kind of to a lesser degree now, but it's well, I mean, it still is a big deal. But really, the SEC was a football school; they were worried about. Oh football. yeah, it was un, it was unbelievable. Matter of fact, you just uh, we would play at Alabama, and they didn't have a gym. It was seat two thousand probably, yeah. and and uh, Florida was no, nobody there, and Ole Miss, and uh, matter of fact, the sports writer at Ole Miss wrote one time. He said uh, he was a at, uh, the sports writer not at Ole Miss at Jack from Jackson, Mississippi. Like that's where the state paper is, just like Louisville is our state paper. And and uh, he put in there in his article one time. He said basketball's for the birds. He said no. I take that back. He said they can fly south and get away from it, but we have to put up with it. Yeah. And of course, Maeve McCarthy went crazy. He said, "Here, I'm trying to recruit these athletes, you know." And yeah. and uh, and this happened. But getting back to uh, to Dwight Smith and Princeton Dotson, yeah. when I was at Lowe's, we played them. We were both ranked in the top ten in the state, and we played the first game of the year at Lowe's, and we beat Princeton Dotson ninety to eighty eight. 
And, uh, of course, they had Dwight and Greg, and they were loaded. And so they wanted to rematch. Well, my dad was principal. He could see those dollar signs. So, so oh, yeah, we'll play it at Murray State. So they rented the gym at Murray State, 6,500 people. Wow. We had a high school game, and we played Princeton Dotson. And they, and they beat us over there, by the way. They beat us. Two tiny schools. Yeah, two I mean, tiny. Princeton Dotson was but people, black school. People, people came from everywhere to watch yeah. that game, though, because, you know, we were both ranked in the top ten. And then Dwight was heavily recruited, and I was heavily recruited. But, so... Uh, and i tell you what kind of athletes they had. The next year, they consolidated with Caldwell County. And Caldwell County, then they had, because they had Greg Smith back and Copeland back and Scotty Edwards back. And they, they and then they turned around and led Caldwell County back to the step, for the first time ever and only time ever to yeah. the state tournament. And, they, and then they turned around and won, and those three played football. Mm-hmm. And they won the state in football. And they those guys, and I always get those football coaches because I said, you know, you don't even have to. Have, you just got to be an athlete to play football because those guys had never played. And like Scotty Edwards gained like 1,300 yards or whatever and yeah. something crazy. But uh, And Greg Smith was a great receiver, and so was Copeland. But, yeah. Just throw them out there. Right? Throw them out there and pat them on the butt. and <laughs> run, Yeah, that's it. But uh, – Anyway, uh, well, now do you have any? Uh, you know, you talk about Coach Luther a little bit. Uh, Coach Luther's still living, I believe, right? Yes, he is, okay. and he was a uh, oh, he was a, he was a great coach and uh, and well prepared. And, and and I would need to mention Benny Purcell also. He was our assistant, and and I really like my Richard year because too because I got to be the. Uh, the best player on the other team. I would, uh, Benny would do the scouting, and he would come back with their offenses and everything. And so I would be the other team's best player, and I get to take all the shots yeah. and all that. Yeah. Well, you know all about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What's you know, better than that's, that? That's right. He couldn't get any better than that. <laughs> and uh, but Benny was. Uh, He's an unbelievable as far as uh, the scouting report he would do, and I learned a lot from him and uh, and Coach Luther too, as far as uh, first handling players and uh, and practicing hard, playing hard. I, I was blessed to have, like I said, Joe Dan Gold was a freshman. Well, Gene Mason was my high school coach, and and he won over a hundred games in four years at Lowell. I mean, he was a, a very he wasn't a defensive coach, but. Uh, he was a very good offense coach. I had Gene Mason, and then I had uh, had Jodan Gold, and then uh, Babe McCarthy, and then then Benny and and Coach Luther. So I I, I had very good training to say the least. And, and you know that had to help you in your later head coaching because right. you had all different kind of styles to pull from when you needed maybe maybe you had a team of a different uh, makeup you maybe need to use something from this coach or right. talk about that a little bit. I, I did that a little bit but but i want to tell you carol uh, i had such we didn't have any big player i think I'll, in in 21 years i only had five guys over six six but they were all every one of those six six guys was well turned out to be an all-state player but most of my better teams, we were all about six foot. Matter of fact, the team that came over and, mm-hmm. and uh, oh yeah, now, we, tell, tell that we story played about playing North Marshall. Right, that was that was Marshall, Marshall, Marshall County. Right? It was Marshall County. After my second year, Marshall County uh, called me and said, uh, "Would you play us our first ever game?" And that's when Charlie Lampley they just consolidated with coaching. They said, "We won't we won't come to Carroll, but we'll give you." I remember it was a five hundred or a thousand. It was a good sum if you'll come over here and play. And I said. I said, "Yeah, we'll be there." And uh, of course, you know, they, I don't, I don't think they realized as good a team as I. You know, I had a very good team, and uh, so anyway, we pulled into the uh, uh, North. We played at North Marshall, 
and we pulled into the parking lot at North Marshall, and it looked like the fancy farm picnic. I've never seen so many cars in all my life. And, and of course, North North had about two starters back. South had a couple. Benton had a couple. And they thought, boy, we're going to put them all together. The world beaters, you know. You know, you know, like they did at every school. Grays, McCracken, they think they're going to automatically be great. Uh, well, I had a kid, a black kid, that he was real black. And his nickname was Burnt. And uh, so anyway, he was a very good player, though. Uh, Veranda Skinner, and we're, we're very good. He made a career out of the Army, and we're very good friends to this date. But anyway, we walked in the gym, and his eyes are glancing around, and we're side by side. And, you know, they've got those arches there at North Marshall. He looks around, and, of course, it's just packed with all white people, you know. And he said, Coach, aren't there any blacks here? And I said, No. I said, Vern, I said, They're all white. And he says, What's he going to do to us when we beat them? I said, well, I said, let's beat them first. And I said, then we'll worry about that. Well, everything went really good. I mean, they would score and we would, we had a, uh, we, we had a secondary break too where we would get the ball out quick and, and they would be yelling for their play by scoring and we would turn around and score while they were still yelling for that first play. It was like the crowd would be like, yeah. Just cut off like that, you know. And then, you, I think you even mentioned to me one of the loudest crowds you ever. Oh, had it was it was unbelievable, and uh, so everything went really good. And so we're coming back, you know, and and uh, and we stopped at Baduka and stopped at the stop sign there, you know. And one of the players came up to me and said, "Coach, we know how bad you wanted to win this game." Said. We got the game ball for you. Hell, we stole the game ball. So, so hell, so, so I had to, I had to call him and I said, "Hey, uh, we accidentally picked up your game ball, you know." But you know, I was talking to Trent Lovett last night about the uh, game, and Trent said, "You know," he said, "There's a picture out there in the trophy case of them throwing the ball up." For Marshall County's first ever game, and he said, "I saw those blue uniforms. I just thought that was Tillman, but no, that was us." You know, I've seen that picture a hundred times. I, I never realized that's it was Carol. Carol. Right? I need. To, I, I, where is? I went. They didn't come, believe me. They didn't call me. They didn't call me anymore for any more games. And they need to put on that picture caption. By the way, we lost. You've been listening to part one of Dax's interview with Billy Chumbler. To hear the rest of the interview, click on the part two at DaxMyHand.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, which, why wouldn't you? You're listening to the legend. Tell somebody about it. Well, what need you do is you share on your Facebook and then get your friends to share it. You've been listening to Dax My Hand, the legend. 